Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. There is really an apostle of the Immaculate Heart that is in our church's tradition. Of course, we have St. John Eude, for example, but another one who really stands out is St. Anthony Mary Claret. And in fact, uh, there's this new movie about St. Anthony Mary Claret that's coming out. It's going to be a Fathom movie event here in the United States. And honestly, I learned quite a bit about St. Anthony The fact that he wasn't French, for some reason I just thought his last name would have been French, so I always (laughs) assumed he was French, so I learned he was Spanish. I think I did know, though, that he was the archbishop for a time in Cuba. So uh, anyways, it was a wonderful film. It's called Slaves and Kings, and I'm excited to have a team of people who are promoting the film, uh, including the director, Pablo, and then Father Byron from the Claritians. And, uh, and then also Bosco Films, who is the distributor, uh, joining me today. So thanks so much for making time to talk about this new movie, Slaves and Kings. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us, Father. And thank you for uh, the beautiful, uh, I mean, it's beautiful when we find apostolates uh, and evangelization media that talks and leads us about uh, our blessed mother you know the blessed virgin mary and uh, uh that is one of the reasons why actually i myself joined the Claritians. so thank you for having us here i'm a part of the mariological society of america and oh. i'm actually currently the president of the mariological society of america and so i remember a few years back this would probably be back it was actually for the anniversary of the apparitions of fatima so 2017 our whole conference oh. focused on the immaculate heart of mary and one of the presenters did present on saint anthony mary claret and the devotion he had to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So uh, I have a bit of familiarity with his Marian thought, and I thought it also came out very nicely in the movie. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think first things first, so this is a movie that was filmed in Spain. It's actually in Spanish. It's dubbed in English. I'm sure people could watch it subtitled in English as well. So I'm just curious a little bit about Stella Stella Arum Films. That's the production company. And then Bosco Films. And people might remember Bosco Films distributed through Fathom Events uh, this documentary about uh, Eucharistic adoration, which was just perfect as we began uh, the Eucharistic revival in the United States. So I'm just curious about those two apostolates. Salam Films uh, is a little company in southwest of Salamanca in Spain. Um, um, it was founded in uh, uh, 2006, and uh, we produce uh, all all our movies. Sorry for my my English is very bad. <laughs> I speak a, a kind of English. <laughs> um, we produce uh, all. All our movies um, uh, was a, a Catholic content. Okay. Uh, about the saints, about the founder of congregations, um, and uh, 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 slaves and kings uh, are uh, our, our seventh uh, production. Uh, we have a uh, ten production about the religious. Um, People, Pablo, just being on the road uh, these days with him, uh, Pablo, uh, uh, 
he is the founder of this amazing company that actually the aim of this company is to promote um, good quality Catholic films. Uh, and uh, in the story, through the stories of the saints, of important events, of um, uh, actually uh, Marian apparitions and uh, the Blessed Sacrament, you know, the real presence. So it is a small, as he said, like small company, but it had big content. And um, we were so honored that um, we were so honored that actually the company uh, gave us a chance, the Caritians, to uh, tell the story about Saint Anthony Claret. Pablo says something very um, beautiful. Uh, you know, these times that you know I've been uh, talking with him, and, and um, he says, you know, when it comes down to the saints, sometimes we don't look for them; it's them who find us. Sure. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because not a lot of people are going to go out trying to find the story of St. Anthony Mary Claret, but people who love their Catholic faith and say, oh, there's a new movie, it's about this saint, I'm going to see it. Well, they're going to be discovered then by St. Anthony Claret, and they're going to be touched by his story. (laughs) That's great. And what about Bosco Films? Tell us a little backstory of Bosco Films, if you could. Bosco, Bosco Films, it's a company founded five years ago. And it's uh, the name is because uh, San John Bosco is is the protector of the cinema. Uh, so we we need to be protected by by the good ones. And and yes, in these five years we we started distribu- in distribution in in Spain. And one year ago we started also to to make our releases in. Latin in Latin America, and uh, as you said before, uh, this is our second movie here in the United States, uh, also with Fatum Events, and uh, the first one was Alive in in April. So uh, we are so happy because we have a, this, this second opportunity, and we are also like Estelarum Films trying to find and make a different content with good values and, and inspirational and faith-based, Catholic faith-based uh, movies. So this is, um, this is something that we are trying to fight uh, to, to have the, the place here also in the United States because we know there, there is not uh, that um, usual to find this, this kind of content in theaters and, and we think it's also important. Yeah, I would say maybe 10, 15 years ago, uh, there were all of these Italian films about different saints, like Maria Goretti or Philip Neri, for example. And so uh, yes. I know those are all available like on the formed app. So now it's nice to see another company doing kind of the similar thing, continuing to tell the stories of the saints. Yeah, but uh, St. Philip Neri came to the theaters or it was in television? No, it's just, I don't think it was ever in theaters. I think it was on, um, it was on EWTN, for example. Uh, It's on the Formed app. Uh, So when it was Philip Neary's Feast Day in May, I actually watched it uh, right around that time. So, uh, but these are older films. They did one on Padre Pio, Maria Goretti, etc. So, uh, but yeah, it's great to see that this work is continuing and that now we can learn the story of St. Anthony Mary Claret. And I guess here's another question. So in the movie, it's beautifully written and beautifully produced as well. So um, you you talked about high caliber production, and it really is, and it's well done. And so uh, it's and the writing it's telling the story of Saint Anthony Mary Claret, uh, 
And there's this understory, but the understory is the way in which the story is told. And what I mean by that is that there's this author or journalist who is telling the story of St. Anthony Mary Claret because of what he discovered. And so could you just share a little bit about that type of storytelling, maybe, but kind of why that is kind of the precipice, why this began the story, I guess. It is really um, trying to get into the mind of Pablo, you know, and then how he narrates the story of the saint is, uh, it's to talk about several stories colliding into one. And I think uh, the source and I think uh, the world's, the wellspring from which, you know, uh, the, the story flows comes uh, from, it's, I think it's God's grace the first thing that everything happens you know and god is accompanying the people and then it follows the story it's interesting because it's a story within a story so to say yeah it's taking the story about this guy this um i just learned that he's a famous writer in spain azarin and um azarin is the one who comes across this information about saint anthony claret and initially, uh, after right after St. Anthony Claret died, he had a lot of enemies, as, as people will see in the movie. And uh, they actually came up with all these fake biographies about him, because not even death was going to finish up like their desire to uh, defamate him, you know. And uh, uh, so uh, this writer, Azarin, he comes in and he starts investigating and getting all this research about uh, this guy, Claret. And as he gets to find him. It's interesting. I think St. Anthony Claret finds Azarin. And as he tells the story, uh, I, I think Azarin also finds himself and finds what's important in life. So uh, to me, talk about miracles, you know, uh, as being like uh, these extraordinary things that are taken out of the ordinary. It narrates the story of this writer who comes across Anthony Claret and starts writing about him. And in the process, we can get to see, uh, we get to see lots of conversions, lots of uh, events, lots of people. And I think what I, as just what I said in the beginning, all these stories collide into well, God's love for us. And uh, also, um, as you mentioned it uh, earlier, uh, there was one, one image that I really loved, and I, I was wondering how he, St. Anthony Claret was all about the Blessed Virgin Mary. He was all about the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, in Novitiate. You know, we, we uh, read lots of documents about him, and he will not take step without consulting the Blessed Mother. Hmm. He will not make any decision from the beginning. He will always, um, even since he was five years old, he always had this uh, connection with the Blessed Mary, and that's how he found his way to uh, basically um, try to save souls, you know. Yeah. When he was a teenager, he was in Barcelona, he almost drowned, you know, in the ocean. He was taking, a, a, you know, just swimming there in the ocean, and, and our lady saved him. And... Um, and you can get to see in the name of our congregation. Uh, he, um, he, our official name, the Claritians, it's called uh, the Missionary Sons of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So uh, our Blessed Virgin, you know, Mother was always there in St. Anthony Claret. That's why he added his name, St. Anthony Mary Claret. You know, ah. it, that's how important uh, uh, she is uh, for, for him and for us who follow in his dream. Uh, you know, I can tell you in my own life, like how there's so many uh, characters in the movie that I can relate to. Uh, 
the uh, you know being being a slave, being um, well now being a priest, you know, and confessor and all those things. And sometimes when we're religious, you know, they ask us to go places. It's like I don't know about that. You know, I I used to live in Chicago. Now I'm in California, and I'm like it's hot. <laughs> but again, you know, we get to uh, um to experience that. So this story, it's really a multi-layered uh, process and journey through which through the different people we get to see the action of God in our lives and also the presence of our Blessed Virgin Mary. I don't know if Pablo would like to add something uh, sobre el estilo de tu película and I can translate. Eh, el estilo de la película... Mm. ¿Cómo, cómo, ¿Cómo decidiste contar la historia así? Ah, bueno, pues eh, primero porque eh, había que descubrir el verdadero claret. We had to discover and rediscover the authentic uh, claret. Eh, segundo, porque hay muchas historias eh, que había que recuperar. There were like so many um, stories also that we had to bring up to the fore. Eh, hay una historia desconocida para la mayor parte de la gente que es la historia de Azorín. Uh, there is also a kind of a, an a, unknown story for many people, which is the story of uh, Azorín. Y en este caso Azorín es un intelectual hispano de, reconoci de reconocida trayectoria y el descubrimiento de Claret eh, es importante porque él no es, no es sospechoso de ser católico, era ateo y aún así pues eh, lucha por encontrar la verdad. Uh, this, this character Azorín, uh, he actually is a real life character and he was one of the most important um, Spanish, Spanish intellectuals in, in the 19th century and uh, uh, he was an atheist, you know, he didn't even believe in God. And oh. basically his journey to um, investigate and to find the truth about Claret actually leads him to, um, I guess, think about Claret in a different way, in even church, I guess. Y luego, pues, eh, la película tiene un marcado carácter épico. Uh, the movie has like this uh, epic uh, flair. Porque la vida de Claret fue absolutamente épica. Because Claret's life was epic. Y es al 90% todo real. And it's about 90% um, real, based on real uh, events. Eh, salvo dos, dos personajes que son personajes simbólicos. Uh, except, uh, with the exception of two characters which are symbolic characters. Que son eh, el personaje de la Virgen del Carmen, que representa a una chica llamada Carmen. Which is, um, um, and you see um, the, the, the character of um, Our Lady uh, of Mount Carmel. Uh, Carmen, uh, which re is represented by this woman whose name is Carmen. Y un esclavo llamado Lucas, que and representa a, toda, a toda, eh, todo el pueblo que sufría eh, en, en Santiago de Cuba. And the other character is um, Lucas, the symbolic character, which is the slave. And uh, he is the representation of all the suffering people in Cuba. Mm. Yeah, actually that... Woman, the the beggar I'm assuming is Carmen, if I remember right, who is wearing blue, and so she'd be the beggar at the door, yes. and then yeah. I wondered if it was supposed to be Our Lady because then that woman, he thinks he sees her at this church, he follows her, but ultimately he finds an altar of Our Lady, and so he stays there. And at mm -hmm. the very end of the film, you have that woman there again as uh, at, at the very end of Clarette's life. So uh, I thought that was a masterful uh, idea to incorporate that yeah. in that fashion. Um, I, I'm with you. To me, that is one of the highlights of the movie, personally, as um, Claritian and as a, a 
devout of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I was intrigued myself, you know, who is this woman, you know, and uh, something that I've learned that in movies, you know, everything that you see, nothing is an accident, you know, nothing is just like, you know, um, uh, just thrown in there. I'm like, who is this woman? And you're right. What a powerful image when the, in his and I think that's what Our Lady does, you know. She leads us all to, to Jesus. In this case, leading Claret into the altar. It's like, well, I guess you cannot get any clearer than that, you know, that you're called to do something else, you know, with your life. But you're right. Towards the end, the second encounter that um, Claret and the Blessed Virgin Mary have is powerful. And uh, I, I hope that the people who, who get to see the movie, uh, especially when you have that special love for Our Lady, uh, you will also get the, the shivers like I did, you know, with that. Because I think Our Lady is like that. Our Lady walks with us. Uh, she becomes sometimes that uh, extra push that we need to make it into our life. She will always lead us to God. And I think she will be there when to be part and uh, to welcome us into uh, the rewards that uh, I guess a life well lived can um, lead us to. So we talked a little bit about the journalist and kind of the theme of that story is, is that he uncovers that there's this line in his biography that says that Claret was maybe interested in a woman or something along those lines. And then you have the story of Queen Isabella II, the Queen of Spain, and he's kind of the confessor to the queen. He lives in the royal house, it seems. Um, so when it comes to that hoax that the journalist described, the first thing I want to ask is, did it... Did it stall his canonization process? Uh, and then secondly, um, was it supposed to be the Queen of Spain or who did, or, or it was just made up, I guess? Uh, that would be uh, the second question. Sure. I, 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 I will translate that for Pablo. La, cuando se trata de la segunda parte de la película sobre la reina Isabel, cuando fue el confesor, ¿fue de verdad el confesor de la reina o fue algo oficial? Sí. Y segundo, ¿cómo esto... Um, influenció en el proceso de canonización de Claret. Eh, bueno, empezamos, empiezo por el final. So eh, I'm going to start by the second question. <laughs> eh, cuando empecé a estudiar la figura de Claret, no me interesó nada el, el proceso de canonización ni sus milagros porque no quería estar eh, condicionado para encontrar la historia. When I started doing my research and learning about Saint Anthony Claret, I did not, I chose, I chose not to um, learn about uh, the canonization process and the miracles because I didn't want to, uh, in my way, to compromise, you know, um, the film and the character. Eh, lo que ocurre con la reina Isabel II es real. All, all what happens, you know, the relationship with our, um, uh, the uh, Queen Isabel II, um, the whole thing about being a confessor, it is real. Eh, fueron los años más complicados de su vida. De quién? De Claret. Uh, those were like the most complicated years for Claret. Eh, porque la corte española, que para muchos eh, hubiese sido una oportunidad para poder eh, ascender o progresar en la vida, para Claret eh, era un inconveniente porque le alejaba de su misión de ser misionero. Because, you know, uh, whereas, like, for some people, you know, just being in the court or just being, like, the Queen's Confessor can be, like, the opportunity of, of a lifetime. Uh, for Claret, it, it meant that he was going to be now kind of enslaved in a palace and not being able to be a missionary. Because that's what he wanted to be. He would be a slave and a king, in a sense. A slave and say. a king right there, right? And, and I thought yes. that title was very interesting, too, because in my mind... 
here I am. I, I, I know about his relationship to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I'm like, oh, it's he's a slave of the Immaculate Heart, you know. And so that's what I thought. I had no idea about him wanting to emancipate slaves while he was in Cuba and the, you know, the great dignity for human life that he respected. So, and then I'm assuming the kings is just the relationship with the nobility. So I thought the title was very clever. Um, as I watched the movie, I kind of understood it then. Uh, Father Edward, you know, it comes down to Lucia. She is the one who I was thinking about that, you know, and uh, and in that game of really, because slaves and kings really kind of encompasses, you know, what all the dynamics in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's your hope for the movie? Like, you're, you're telling the story of a saint. Is it maybe to inspire priestly vocations? Is it to restore confidence in the priesthood? Because, you know, there's been so much scandal with priests. Uh, maybe it's to deepen devotion to the Blessed Mother, increase awareness of, of human dignity. I guess those all could be themes and things that maybe you hope people will walk away from the film. Are there any others? Yeah, well, I, um, uh, you know, when I, when, I, when I saw the movie um, the, the last a couple of months ago, we, we all clinicians were together in our uh, provincial uh, assembly, and um, all of us were with tears in our eyes, and not only because you know we're talking about one of our heroes, but actually uh, the story of God, God's grace holding us through and through. I do hope and and, and I and I pray, you know, that uh, as people get to learn about the story of this guy who was both a slave and a king, so to say, that this is also the reflection of our lives. There will be times in which we will also be like slaves and kings, that we will also be enslaved to um, the things that we, uh, the trials that we have to face. But then, you know, there is something greater than that. To me, this was reaffirming in my own faith as a Catholic person in the sense that, you know, sometimes I, we tend to forget that God is there with us, that the Blessed Virgin Mary is helping us, you know, to remind us that, um, that we are God's people. So uh, on, at the face value, value, I will say that I think watching this movie can enkindle a little bit about, uh, enkindle a faith a little bit, you know, to know that with God we can conquer all at all. Second, as you said, you know, uh, our hope is that, my personal hope is also that people grow in a relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary. The sense that, again, that she played a very important, pivotal role uh, in the life of Claret. And third, you know, as what I learned from Pablo, this is um, uh, based on a real life, I mean, on a true story. So even just for the value of history, just getting to know a little bit about the history of Santiago in Cuba, the history of Spain and that and very time, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and, and fourth, well, maybe um, it can inspire, as you said, people to, um, if not join the traditions, think of the priesthood and say a prayer for us, because <laughs> we all need it. <laughs> The movie is coming out in theaters. It's going to be a Fathom release event, meaning people go to Fathom events. Uh, they look for it, see if it's in their area. It's going to be released in English on August 22nd, the Spanish on August 23rd. Now, yes. the English version is dubbed, and I'm wondering, do you think it takes away from the story, or will people be able to overcome the fact that it's dubbed as they hear the story and watch it play out on screen? Um, let me just ask Pablo, como la película en inglés es dubbed, está doblada, ¿crees, ¿crees que ser doblada a lo va a quitar el poder de la película? Eh, hay una parte que se pierde, inevitablemente es eh, la mitad del trabajo de los actores, 
It's, it's like, well, the, 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 the unavoidable part, you know, is like there is something that gets lost, which is like half the work of the, all the actors and the talent. <laughs> Pero creemos que ganamos en accesibilidad, eh, sobre todo para las personas que les cuesta más leer una versión original subtitulada. But also there is a win, uh, a win inside, and it is the aspect that we're avoiding that people will have to um, read subtitles as opposed to like get more immersed into the story. Y creo que en ese sentido pues ganamos, ¿no? So you know, in that in that sense, I mean, we we win, you know. Yeah, I hope people will go out. It's a Fathom event coming to theaters August 22nd and 23rd. You can learn the story of St. Anthony Mary Claret and perhaps add him to the litany of your saints that you ask to pray for you. And uh, I'm so grateful to be able to speak with you, Pablo, and with you, Father, and, and, all, and, and others. So, um, yeah, thank you for the opportunity and for the time today. No, uh, Father Edward, thank you for your ministry. Thank you. I mean, I just can imagine you being a priest. You have like uh, a gazillion wear, hats to wear and still you are um, doing evangelization work through uh, through this media. So um, and thank you for the opportunity. And uh, to the people who are listening, please help us support uh, the movie. And not only because it's a, a movie about St. Anthony Claret, but because it's a Catholic film, a well done Catholic film, which is kind of something rare that we get to see in mainstream movies. So please, every time that you purchase a ticket, you are actually ensuring that a more, you know, opening the door so that more Catholic good films can come to us. So please visit slavesandkingsthemovie.com and get your ticket because uh, you are helping uh, Catholic film as to uh, become more part of our culture. Uh, again, slavesandkingsthemovie.com or Fatum page and the Thank you, Father. I, I thank you for this opportunity you gave us. Yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes. And every time that we can support a good movie with a wholesome message, send a message to movie theaters and to other companies saying, this is what people really are hungry for and what they're craving. And so Slaves and Kings exactly. is the next one for us to support coming up here later this month. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show and for all the many ways that you support the podcast. If you want to help out the podcast, be sure to check out Sock Religious. I love their socks. I love their shirts. And so go over to Sock Religious, use the link in the show notes and buy some holy socks or some holy shirts that you can wear to evangelize your family and your friends. If you also want to support the podcast, I invite you to please share the podcast with your friends or on your social media platforms. Rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't mind, please follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My handle is at FR Edward Looney. You'll see all of the posts, all of the content that I put out each week by following me there. Thanks so much again for listening today. Know that I am entrusting you to the heart of Mary, asking her to pray for you this day and every day. And if you don't mind, say a prayer for me too. Let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.